Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. No reader ever thinks, wow, that was a great second act, or that was a great night of the soul story beat. So when you rely on common structures as a prerequisite, this requirement, you're more likely to create these surface level problems and a generic, predictable reaction from your protagonist. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. There's no shortage of writing advice, especially in the online space, right? Google is not the best gatekeeper. And some Facebook groups where some of your peers hang out are also doling out conflicting advice, canned advice, bad advice. Writers hear the same advice so often, a lot of them have come to regard them as the right way to craft a story. But these are often half-baked ideas that are only keeping you from moving forward. They're taking you in totally the wrong direction. They're myths. Myths about plot and structure. Myths about how to create drama and what it means to write beautiful sentences. Myths that are holding you back. Because as well-intentioned as they may be, it's leading you astray. It's either the wrong approach or it just doesn't go deep enough. So today I'm debunking four common myths about story writing, and I'll give you different approaches so you can redirect and focus your story. So let's get to it. Myth number one, the story is about what happens. Now, contrary to what many aspiring writers believe, a story is not about what happens. Many writers conflate story with plot, but they're not synonymous. They're two separate things. Plot is what happens. It's the external events. So what is story? At its most basic A story is someone who has a goal and has trouble getting it. For example, Anna Karenina wants to be with Vronsky, but her husband doesn't want to give her a divorce. 
Humbert wants Lolita, but she doesn't want him. The trouble your protagonist encounters instigates this person to change. So the story is not about what happens. It's about the transformation your protagonist goes through as he or she navigates the plot, as he or she pursues the goal and encounters obstacles. So plot is the external events that test your character's mettle and present increasingly difficult challenges on your protagonist's journey to get what he or she wants. All stories at their core are about survival. And by survival, I'm not talking about physical survival, although some stories are certainly about life and death stakes, but even stories where life is hanging in the balance, survival is more than that. There's emotional survival, spiritual survival, social survival. We're all hardwired to survive socially. Even at the office, even at home, there's an ecosystem in place, there's a hierarchy, and we're all trying to survive. We're social animals. We instinctively know that in order to survive, we need to be part of the tribe. We need to be loved, to be recognized, appreciated, and so on. The reader enters that experience to learn how to survive in the world. We ask things like, if my child were to die, how would I survive the grief? If my marriage was falling apart, what would I do? What if I fell in love with someone else and I left my spouse? How would I navigate that new life? So we are hardwired to survive. It's a primal urge. Stories give us instruction on how to navigate the world. They give us hope. It doesn't matter what's happening on the surface of the story. We only care about how the protagonist navigates the story. A great example is The Queen's Gambit. This was a Netflix series based on the novel. So the protagonist, Beth, is a chess prodigy, and the plot traces her ascendance to become this great famous chess player, but the story is not about chess or even her rise to the top. It's about how she overcomes addiction and drugs and alcohol, how she overcomes her troubled past to become a great chess player. The chess matches are riveting to watch, but most of us don't understand the game. They're great to watch. They're like watching a dance performance. But the reason we're glued to the series is not the chess games itself, but it's Beth's emotional journey. It's what she has to overcome to reach that pinnacle. We experience the plot through your protagonist. That's what we read for, to experience something, to slip inside your protagonist's experience. We live vicariously through your character, but it's the internal journey we're fascinated by. 
readers really don't care about what happens. They care about who it happens to and how this person changes as a result. Where so many writers are led astray is that they focus on the plot, what happens, rather than on the story, the who it all happens to. So the story is the internal story, not the external events themselves. The emotional structure is the first structure to develop deeply, not the plot. The plot serves the character, not the other way around. Myth number two, more obstacles create more drama. Now you should put your character into trouble. He or she should encounter obstacles and problems, but it's only dramatic if the problems are intimately connected to your protagonist's desire and if it's forcing him or her to confront limitations. Often the reason stories lack drama despite obstacles thrown in the protagonist's path is this reliance on common structures like the hero's journey or save the cat and other structures. So these structures perpetuate this idea that you should have external events in place before you sit down to write. So they have you hitting certain story beats all before you know who it is you're writing about, before you know what the character wants, why they want it, and what internal obstacles are impeding them from getting it. And the thing with these structures that nobody tells you is that they're derived from stories that have already been written. So they're a way of decoding these stories, but that's not the process of how these stories were written. Now, no reader ever thinks, wow, that was a great second act, or that was a great night of the soul story beat. So when you rely on common structures as a prerequisite, this requirement, you're more likely to create these surface level problems and a generic predictable reaction from your protagonist. Remember, we want to give readers something new, something that they don't already know or expect. So rather than focus on the external problems, focus on your protagonist. Remember, it's not enough for a character to do something in response. We want to understand why. We want to understand what's motivating your protagonist internally as they move through your plot. We don't want to just know how this person solves the external problem. We want to know how he or she solves the internal problems that the external problems expose. Otherwise, it only affects your protagonist on this surface level, and readers don't care a flip about that. They're far more interested in how obstacles affect your protagonist internally. Remember, your protagonist comes into the story with a history. Your protagonist arrives with this long-standing issue or fear or limiting belief that they're now forced to reckon with, that they're now forced to confront and resolve. 
And the inciting incident or significant situation that happens at the beginning of your story forces your protagonist to stare that issue down and overcome it over the course of the story. So every event in your story should be relevant to your protagonist's desires, needs, and fears. So don't write from the outside in, write from the inside out. Myth number three, great writing equals great storytelling. So the misconception here is that If you learn to write well, the story will arise out of that. So if you write well, you can write a story. Now, you know me, I'm all about beautiful sentences. I like tight and vigorous sentences. I like an energy in the sentence itself, but that is not what makes a story. It's a separate skill altogether. Now, often writers will bury their story in big flowery language that's meant to convey the character's feeling or emotion, or they have these lavish descriptions of the weather or the setting. The words themselves are gorgeous, but they're ornamental. They're on the surface. So big words often alienate the reader. They don't transmit emotion. They often describe poorly, but they do nothing for the story. So they're on the surface. Now, I was certainly guilty of this when I first started writing. In fact, when I was a student at Columbia University's summer program, about the only complimentary thing my fellow students could say about my story was that the language was beautiful. So they were enthralled with the language, but the story itself was shallow. And my peers had um, a so what reaction to the story itself. So storytelling is the only thing that matters, and it's far more important than beautiful writing. So the Harry Potter books are a great example of this. On the sentence level, the writing itself is not particularly spectacular, but the storytelling is remarkable. Recently, I read The Lost Daughter by Elena Ferrante. Again, nothing spectacular about the sentences themselves, nothing spectacular about the writing Now, these are translated from Italian to English, so I'm willing to bet there's a lot lost in that translation. Still, I finished the novel in two sittings, and that's because the story interested me. It compelled me. And the reason it kept me eager to keep reading is that as a mother, I was interested in the protagonist's failures as a mother. What interested me about the story was the complicated nature of motherhood. I was not bowled over with the writing itself, but I could not put the book down. So learning to write well is not synonymous with writing a great story. Storytelling is a different set of techniques. Beautiful writing of course, is important, but it's secondary. It's just ornamental if it doesn't reflect or impact your protagonist's plight. 
and if it doesn't leave the reader wanting to know what happens next. So everything you include from setting to descriptions to flashbacks, every scene, every image must move the story and your reader closer to answering these questions. Will the protagonist get what he or she wants? What does this person stand to gain in the process? What does this person stand to lose? And how will it transform him or her by the end? So beautiful writing is irrelevant if the story isn't keeping your reader curious and invested in what happens next. And myth number four, write about what you know. Now, we can't help but write about what we know. It's a good jumping off point. But the problem with writing what we know is that it limits us because it presents too much material, too many details and situations and characters, etc. We can't seem to see beyond the literal truth and we lose sight of the story we set out to tell. It makes it harder to focus our story because it presents too much material. It limits us because it shuts off possibilities. We're too attached to what we know. There's also this misconception that just because it's true, just because it happened or that person was there, it's interesting or even believable. And that's just not true. So what makes a story believable? Well, it's your emotional connection to your material, not the external facts or events themselves, but why those events and those people and those facts are meaningful to you. Writing what you know is more about what you're trying to understand about yourself, about what you believe is true and valuable, what you're trying to understand about the world, about human nature. Here's a great quote by James Baldwin that drives home this point. When you're writing, you're trying to find out something which you don't know. The whole language of writing for me is finding out what you don't want to know what you don't want to find out, but something forces you to anyway. So rather than give us a transcript of what happened, rather than give us the literal truth, seek to understand, go beyond the what, explore the why. Not what happened, but why. The why has so many levels to explore, and it creates multidimensional, complex stories that readers crave. This is just as important for fiction as it is for memoir. You want to go beyond the what and explore the why. Write from what you know towards what you don't know. Now, for more about writing what you know, go listen to episode one, Why Write What You Know is Bad Advice. Episode one, Why Write What You Know is Bad Advice. I'll link in the show notes. And here's my final thought. To paraphrase something Mark Twain said, 
real life often doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't even have to make sense. It's random. So truth doesn't have to make sense, but your story does. It has to be orchestrated and shaped in a way that the reader can receive it. So writing what you know is about the emotional truth, your emotional truth. Here's what to do next. I have a free three-act worksheet for you that will help you develop the ideas we've just explored, how to go beyond the plot and develop your protagonist. You'll get clear on what your protagonist wants and why and what external and internal obstacles are thwarting your character from reaching the goal and how to bring it all together using the three-act structure. This is not about story beats. It's about what's happening beneath the surface. So you can organize your material by focusing on your protagonist story, not just the external events. To grab your free three-act worksheet, head on over to nancypannuccio.com forward slash act. Nancy with an I, Pinuccio with two C's, nancypannuccio.com forward slash act. I'll link in the show notes. Okay, let's recap. Number one, your story is not about the plot, what happens. It's about how your protagonist changes as he navigates the plot in pursuit of his goal. Number two, obstacles and problems on their own do not add drama to your story. Yes, you should give your protagonist problems to solve, but they're only dramatic if those problems are related to what your protagonist wants to achieve and if they force her to confront her internal problems. We're interested in how your protagonist solves her external and internal problems. Number three. Beautiful writing on its own does not equal great storytelling. Beautiful writing is irrelevant if the story isn't keeping your reader curious and invested in what happens next. And number four, writing about what you know is not merely the facts of your experience. It's your emotional truth. You don't want to be too certain about what you're putting on the page. Write from what you know towards what you don't know. If you surprise and delight yourself, you'll surprise and delight your reader. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypannuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.